Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to United Citizens of Europe podcast. This is Luca and today I'll be talking about activism with Maria Meerhofer, founder and executive director of Austin. I hope you enjoy. Hi Maria, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, thank you for being here. I wanted to start the the interview by asking a, a bit about you. Like I wanted to know a bit um, about you. So who is, uh, who's Maria and what is your role in your organization? Um, where you come from? So where's your organization based and how do you pronounce it? Because I am terrible with, uh, with German. So. so yes, it's called Aufstehen, which means to get up, to stand up in English. Um, so it kind of already symbolizes this rising people power that we try um, to achieve and have an impact with. Uh, I'm the founder and executive director of Aufstehen, and um, we are a, a digital first campaigning organization. And our mission is to enable people power change across um, a broad variety of issues, um, such as social justice, economic fairness, climate justice, human rights, and democracy. And while Aufstehen is based in Vienna, Austria's capital, we have a community um, from all over Austria. We also have people from other parts of the world um, joining us in our community. And I myself, I'm not originally from Vienna. I was born and raised on the Austrian countryside. Since we're a group of young adults and um, our audience tends to be of young adults, teenagers, um, young professionals, I wanted to ask you like what you studied and how you got to, you know, being executive director. Well, it's a long story, but long story short, I've always been very interested in politics and um, in the way how politicians, how decision makers actually shaped our lives um, when taking decisions so um i kind of knew i wanted to study political science and i also studied international development and during um and after my studies i also worked in the field of communication so i knew i had this strong passion for like communicating for translating important issues to a broader audience that was always something that i was very interested in Uh, so at the beginning, I thought, oh, I might be a journalist. And um, I got to find out quite soon that journalism was not for me because I didn't just want to report on things, but I actually wanted to change things. And that's a different thing. So um, I started um, doing internships and later working with several NGOs uh, in the field of asylum and immigration, human rights. I did um, press and media work these organizations um, for example i was a spokesperson for one and then finally um i founded aufstehen together with two colleagues in 2015 and have been acting as aufstehen's executive director ever since then that's a really nice achievement too like that's that's really great uh so congratulations and another uh congratulations because you are also um an obama leader right like What, what does it mean? What, what is it? And how, how did you get that award? Well, I actually didn't know the program before. I think it was our cohort, um, the two, 2015 
2022 Obama leaders was only um, the second European cohort they've ever had. Um, the program in general is uh, dedicated to supporting change makers and emerging leaders from all different parts of the world and building strong networks among them. And I was basically approached to apply. Um, I applied and I got in. And I have to say for me, it was a great experience. I learned a lot about leadership um, from coaches, but also from mentors and really impressive personalities like Barack Obama himself, as well as from my fellow leaders um, from all over Europe who joined me in the um, 2022 um, cohort for Obama Leader Europe. That's really that's really interesting. Let's move now to um to your organization and uh, uh you know let's let's go back to 2015 when you started found the the organization. So uh, it's Aufstehen, right? Yes. Okay. So Aufstehen, <laughs> it's difficult to pronounce for non-German speakers. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, as I said in the beginning, uh, Aufstehen st means uh, to stand up, to get up. Um, so for us, um, this name was very much um, the motto or the mission. So it means people standing up for change, for different kind of politics, um, for the change they want to see in the world, basically. And uh, Aufstein came into being in 2015. So this was the year when in many countries in Europe um, and also in Austria, we experienced um, what some might call a refugee crisis. I would rather say it was a crisis of um, inability to act of um, our politicians. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was um, there was um, there were quite many refugees coming to Austria and other countries. And what we saw, what I just mentioned, was um, a situation that was quite unbearable because politicians didn't act. They were afraid, as particularly in Austria with its far-right um, racist history and also very strong far-right parties, that supporting the refugees and helping the refugees coming into the country would actually lead to um, the far-right growing stronger. So politicians were afraid, afraid to do something and to actually help these people. People were... Um, put into overcrowded refugee camps. Families with little babies had to sleep outside um, in without shelter in, in the worst summer heat. And it was just a situation that was unbearable. And many, many people um, from Austria, many inhabitants actually said like, this can't be it. And people got really angry. People were really motivated to help. They brought food, they brought, um, blankets, whatever they did, um, German classes, they offered German classes for refugees and so on. But then after a while of doing all of these charity acts, people were like, what's happening here? It's actually not our responsibility, but it's the responsibility of the politicians to provide shelter and to help those people to actually be able to um, kind of land and start over again in Austria because it was clear that many of those people wouldn't be able to go back. So um, what people were actually looking for was change, um, change in the way politicians acted. But there were no not, not so many means how we could actually approach politicians to change things. 
And this is when we stepped in. So we wanted to solve this problem of not having enough shelter for refugees. And we did um, an online action where um, you could choose um, your municipality, your little town, and write directly to your mayor by just using a couple of clicks. Um, hey, why don't you um, talk with us about taking in refugees? I think in our municipality, there's still room um, to help a couple of people and I would support you with that. And thousands of people did that. They wrote to their um, mayors and they asked them to take in refugees. So we looked at the municipality level very consciously and tried to, because on the state level, um, politicians were very reluctant and tried to um, achieve change and um, have shelter provided for these refugees. And we succeeded. This worked out quite well in many municipalities and mayors actually approached um, the province governments and the national government and asked them to also support this. So this was a clear, we call it theory of change. And we saw, well, the concept, what we think Austin is actually works. People, if many people participate, we can make politicians um, take decisions that change the situation for the better. And this was like the principal idea uh, for founding Aufstehen that we could use digital means to reach many people to take action for positive change. I mean, I'm sorry, but it, this is really like a success story. I mean, like, I really want to give props to you and your um, your colleagues for starting Aufstehen, but also being able to carry out such a such a great initiative. So really congratulations for uh, being able to do that also like again not only theorizing it but also putting it into practice and going into like the local level where it, it, it's true i mean like i also work with uh, local authorities and it's true that it's um say easier uh, and more uh, efficient communicating with local uh, authorities or lo local politicians rather than you know going um national or you know with the even uh, or server national so i mean again it's it's so nice to uh to see organizations like yours um uh, be put in place and and do this um this nice work so yeah i want to now want to go a bit more in in detail uh and ask you like because you're uh, are an advocacy group um so i want to know like um so how do you do your work? You said that it's mostly online too uh and that's how you reach people but what are exactly your actions? Do you have partners? Do you have a network of, uh, you know, like a solid network of of partners? Do you have conferences? And another question is also like, if you uh, follow up question will be like, if you also do these things and in, in English more, or, or you do plan on doing them more often in English? Because again, you also have a podcast with that. Unfortunately, um, I cannot understand anything, but I invite uh, I, I invite our German speaking followers to, you know, like go listen to your podcast and go follow what you do because it's really um, amazing work. Yeah, so uh, actually we do have quite a lot of partners all over the world. We are part of um, a network called um, the Online Progressive Engagement Network with lots of organizations like ours who are people powered but who also take a digital first approach. And I think that's very crucial for our kind of work. We are able to scale up very fast and act very fast if we see a window of opportunity for change um, because we organize in the digital space, but we ne never just stay there. We're all more than just like 
let's say, ordinary petition platforms. So we always plan ahead and we look what's the next step going to be. Sometimes um, a petition to a decision maker can be enough for them to act, but often it's not. It's often like the direct contact, the, the rally, the demonstration in front of the office, the media stunt that actually convinces them that they have to act or the people showing up in in front of every party office in every municipality that actually um, produces the pressure we need. So what we do is we use the digital to get the first initial push um, for what we want to do. And then um, we um, we look at what um, can actually be follow-up tactics that help us to get closer to um, the aim we want. And we always use people power so we use a people-powered approach to achieve change we believe that because we're many we're the we're the people we're the um civil society that's our strength we don't get strength because i or somebody else gets invited to talk to a minister behind closed doors that's not our approach we try to make visible how many people actually stand up again i'm back at aufstehen our name <laughs> who actually want to stand up um, for change. And that's something um, that's uh, quite unique as a model. And there's different organizations using this kind of model, as I mentioned. Um, and you can find um, in many different European countries as well, like Poland, um, Germany, well, the UK is no longer a part of Europe, but still it's kind of European. Um, we have groups in Serbia, in Hungary that we cooperate with and work in a very similar way. So there's many, many different um, groups where you can actually get active on your respective national level. But um, also we kind of work together every once in a while when it comes um, to important decisions on an EU level, because very often it's important to actually get our national decision makers to take a stand at the EU level, for example. And it's very important that we, the civil societies from different countries, then also cooperate with each other and strategize on how we get these decisions to happen on an EU level. Completely agree. That's, um, that's a really good, really good point. And it's nice to say, um, again, you have a nice network that it's not only Austria focused, but it's more EU international focused. So again, props to you. It's really nice what you guys have been doing. And again, so since you're digital first, like, I guess your advocacy work during times of COVID hasn't been touched that much um and then, again like as you said you're digital first but then you also have rallies you also have like your in-person type of actions and demonstrations but again you mostly work online so um what happened during times of covid covid was hard definitely for us as well um i mean because our means of communication with our community are primarily digitally based, um, we were still able to work together and mobilize over 365,000 people. That's about 5% of the voting population to take part in different actions, whether they were online or not. But of course, we also realized that it became way harder, for example, to meet a politician or to deliver a petition to a politician. Um, also, one thing we experienced during that time, I mean, we still do have 
um, COVID regulations around and it's probably going to get uh, worse again and we have to um, be ready for that as well. But um, in the first couple of months or the first year, COVID was like the number one issue around. And for us, we're a multi-issue organization. Um, as I said, there are many different topics we think are important and we need to address. It was very hard to also achieve progress on other topics. So what we did is we looked very closely at where is the window of opportunity, what can we do during the pandemic and how can we also use this time But many of us were sitting at home, working from home, spending a lot of time in front of our computers. How can we use that potential um, in order to organize and then be ready once our politicians present their plans, how to go, um, how, how to get out of the COVID crisis. That's really interesting to know, like the issues that you faced as, um, even though, again, you were, uh, you are a digital first um, organization and how, yeah, I mean, basically COVID impacted literally like every sector, um, even digital first sectors. So it's it's really, it's really interesting. But as I said, you focus on, on multiple social issues um, from social justice to ecological sustainability, going through economic fairness, protection of human rights. So how do you keep up your work? Um, and how do you keep the communities still interested in all these issues? Yeah, um, to be fully honest, I feel being multi-issues and having being a small or a relatively small organization, having a lot of issues you want to work on is very hard, especially with an ever faster spinning news cycle where one day you have one topic being on top of the news and then within two hours, there's something else coming up and it's very hard to actually um, focus the attention of people, of the media, of our decision makers onto the topics that really matter because interests arise quickly and then they also fade very quickly. Um, so for us, it's important to identify and then fully commit to the issues of our time, such as climate justice, and then seek opportunities um, and show people how their voice can have an impact in this particular situation and then provide means of participation. That is, is what we do. We show them how they can most effectively use their voice to make change happen in these different um, issue areas. And of course, sometimes like the petition is not enough to get in contact with, um, with a, a politician. We have various different means of how how we approach them and we always try to look for the right mean for the right mean of participation to offer to our community to the, to the people who want to get active so that we can be as efficient as possible and bring about that change that we want sometimes it happens sometimes it's a longer fight but especially like to have little wins along the way to like um for example we we've been campaigning to um have to have the tampon tax that um the tax on um menstruation products lowered in austria for two years and nothing happened and then all of a sudden we had a win and um they lowered the tax and this this is things that kind of like give us motivation again to also go about uh, bigger fights and step by step move up towards the change that we're looking for. So 
um, little wins also help us to keep motivated and help to keep people engaged because um, people like winning. No, yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's also like a, a, a yeah. I mean, motivation kind of helps, gives a boost in um, in keeping the interest um, alive. I wanted to ask you, like in general, like do you see any difference in the approach of younger generations to uh, I mean, not only climate change with the Fridays for Future, but in general, I would say, like, do you do you see any difference with um, their uh, basically being activists? You know, like their um, uh, their interest in tampon tax or um, in other issues that you know, like you worked with um, during these years. Yeah, I mean, I think that of course the one thing, the one big phenomenon that we see is that online engagement kind of. Um, changed in over time and people now are using different social media channels and platforms than they used to use two years ago and um but what i think is it would be wrong to say that people um or that younger people that they don't do more than just clicktivism that's something that we often hear um, when we work with younger people that um, older activists tend to say, oh, well, they just click and they put their statues and they put something in, into their story and that's it. I don't believe that um, that, this, that this is really it. Um, actually, I think it's it's the opposite. I think that people have become way more active. It's um, if, if you look at how many people are actually willing to display political messages in their private social media, um, the numbers definitely grown. And if you look at the streets and if you look at the mobilizing power of the climate movement, for example, that's gigantic. And um, Fridays for Future and the Fridays for Future movement, the climate movement um, nowadays, that's broadly carried by young people in the younger generation. They managed what established NGOs and other groups have been trying to to do for the last decades and didn't manage namely to get the issue on top of the priority list uh, of our politicians and that's definitely something that has to do with the mass mobilizations of the youth so I think it would be very wrong to say that um, young people make it very easy for themselves and are just um, online activists because that's not true Um, and thanks to the to to the younger generation, we are now in a situation where we can't ignore the climate crisis anymore, and where growing segments of the population actually see and feel the need to act and put pressure on their politicians and join them in their fight. So I think that's very beautiful and very motivating to uh, observe. That, that's completely true. I mean, um, as you said, like it's uh, one of the uh, misconceptions is that. Uh, younger uh, generations are more digital activists, but they never take it to the street. But as I said, Fridays for Future is one example where um, younger generations kind of beat their uh, the older generation of activists where, you know, they managed to do something that uh, was never in the agenda, uh, or or at least it was, but in um, in a very marginal sense. And now it's, uh, it's really up on the on the agenda, thanks to uh, basically kids so <laughs> so that's um that's really interesting um so can you tell us a bit your ongoing projects sure um there's many <laughs> since we're a 
multi-issue organization. We're working on a lot of different issues at the moment. Climate justice and a fight for climate justice is, of course, a very important one, but just one of them. Um, what we see at the moment is also that um, the issue around the consequences of the Russian invasion um, to Ukraine has severe implications on our lives. Um, so the uh, energy market and the economic situation in general are very challenging and we do not see our politicians coming up with the right recipes um, to solve this is these issues. So um, for us, um, it has become a very important issue to look at how can we finance or how can we um, counter the um, developments like everything, daily life getting much, much more expensive. How can we finance um, support programs and structures, for example, and we've developed asks to politicians how we could do that. That's just one thing. Then we're also experiencing a wave of violence against women in Austria, where we've been taking action for years now. <laughs> And we're still looking at um, very low numbers in um, the national budget to actually counter this violence. And we're, we're still fighting for um, a stronger and better national program to protect women from um, from violence. And then um, also another issue that's quite prominent or that has become quite prominent in Austria. You might have followed the uh, situation in the last one or two years. It's corruption. So we had a huge corruption scandal about a year ago that brought to fall our chancellor and parts of the government. And it is very crucial for us as citizens, especially as citizens who actually want to engage in politics to monitor closely how politicians are treating our democracy and how they're interacting with the law and the justice system. And we want to make sure that we can rely on our democratic institutions. So we are um, at the moment promoting um, a broad initi initiative um, pushing for anti-corruption laws in Austria, for example. Um, this is an, an issue that's still um, very important in our national context. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about, well, let's say one last question actually about the organization, because I wanted to know, are you looking for interns uh, or volunteers? And if so, What's the procedure? So at the moment, unfortunately, we do not have um, an intern program. We're not hiring any interns. But what we do have is in the course of our campaigns, we often address our community and ask for people to support our work as volunteers. For example, if we're organizing a big demonstration or if there is a leaflet action where we um, try to distribute leaflets all over Austria, for example, to address a cause, um, then we would always approach our community and um, ask for support. And then you can sign up and become a, a volunteer. So the easiest way to actually... Um, be informed about these things is to go to our website which is www.aufstehen.at maybe you can put it in um, the podcast information as well and uh, you can sign up for our newsletter there and then you'll be informed about um, whatever's going on and also the ways in which you can participate in our actions. Okay, thank you. I'm definitely going to leave the um, the website on on the podcast description. So I 
one last question like do you have anything you want to promote is there any uh any project that you um you want to promote and you know you want to put it out there actually off off the record this is very hard for me to answer at the moment because we have like the three we have three or four major projects at the moment and i would feel very bad to give one of them um my preference now since um i told my leadership team it's up to them to decide what the prefer what the what the priority is going to be okay. and i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to jump ahead of that um being being here for the last week so i'm not gonna answer this question if that's okay for you okay yeah <laughs> of course of course so let's just say that you know like um let's just promote your uh social media let's yeah. let's just do that yeah so they can find you on um on which platforms you have instagram uh facebook we are on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and also on LinkedIn. And you can follow us there. Um, and we also, of course, have our newsletter, which you can um, subscribe for on www.aufstehen.at. Okay, perfect. Again, thank you very much. And um, I really hope we can talk again, maybe about some other specific topic. Let's keep each You're other welcome. updated. And um, so. Yeah, good luck with soon. your podcast project. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. We really hope you enjoyed our episode. And if you enjoy what we do, you can follow us on Spotify, on Instagram, on Facebook, and all the main social media platforms. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please give us a good rating because that will really help us. Thank you.